Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. I'm sitting here with my friend Maddie. Hi guys. Hello. Okay, so I want, I rarely do this because I don't remember. I also, I always just get into conversation. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a brief intro about yourself? I didn't let you prep this before. Oh my gosh. <laughs> give us a brief intro. What's, <laughs> what's your deal? What do you do? What's going on? Uh, my name is Maddie. I currently live in New York. I'm a model, also an influencer. And I think simultaneously my social kind of grew with the modeling industry. And mm-hmm. as my career with modeling grew, I used to live in LA. I'm originally from DC and I also lived in Texas prior to moving here. Yeah. Maddie went to the yeah. University of Texas. Yes. Hook them, baby. Our rivals. <laughs> Texas A&M's rivals. Oh, yeah. So Maddie and I met on social media, basically. And everyone always asks us, did I DM you? Like, I don't slide into guys' DMs. <laughs> <while sliding. laughs> girls. I'm like, can we be friends? <laughs> yeah. So Maddie and I met via social media and then we just like got a drink in New York once. And then mm-hmm. we're like, I was just talking to our mutual friend Morgan about this. I was like, there are some people that like in the social space that you just like click with. Right. Kind of immediately. And you just kind of like know you're going to be their friend. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I feel like we both have a lot of our friends that aren't, I don't like saying normal people, but Uh most of my actual friends are not in the industry. And then I have my kind of like party social friends. Mm -hmm. So it's rare that I genuinely connect with someone in this space because inherently I feel like, I don't know, it it tends to be too work related and inevitably you're going to be in competition a little bit. But I think we have that Texas connection. We're both like just kind of related. Well, here's the the thing. I think saying, quote, normal people people will get offended by that but I what's know. so funny is when I meet someone in the influencer space who I connect with I call them normal so I'm like okay. like it's a good thing oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we'll be like okay yeah you'll really like her she's normal uh-huh, and I uh-huh. always use that word <laughs> like my friend Sophie will be like hey I want you to meet this girl like she's an influencer too she's normal and right. like we just normal is a good thing y'all so when I say the word normal <laughs> I, I mean, mean it's just like, relatable and down to earth I guess yes yeah I mean like a normal person as if like you don't I don't know you're not like obsessed with yourself or yeah you know, the thing is about influencers or models sometimes, I think, too, it's not even about like they're obsessed with themselves. So they're just obsessive about work, maybe, which I can relate to. And I think if you're obsessive about work and you're competitive, then you get really insecure. And like that just like feet like that just like radiates off people. Yeah. And I know? think it's also really hard for us because there isn't really an on and off like mm-hmm. I'm working and now I'm not. It's yeah. just even if you're like, I think we're gonna talk about stagecoach. Even if you're at a festival or you're at dinner, yeah. you're always technically still working mm-hmm. and have to present yourself a certain way because sometimes it is hard to ride that line between 
what is your job versus what's you know yeah. just life mm-hmm. and I think that's something I struggled with a lot with my family too when I started doing this mm-hmm. is, well it upsets me that the image that you portray on social media is not the you that I know and I'm like it is, but also it's yeah. a job at the end of the day, yes. you know? And it's also not my whole self. Like, exactly. there are things that I don't put on social media that are such a big part of my life that I, I also did struggle with in the beginning because I was like, am I being genuine if I don't share every little tidbit of my life? But then I'm like, yeah, I'm still being genuine. I'm just choosing to not share something. That's good, though, because I, I feel like I overshare. And then I feel like if I'm sharing one part of my life, I need to share it all. Yeah. So it's hard to find that line. And then people, I'm sure girls, when we were at Stagecoach, everyone would come up to you and feels connected to you. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we also feel this duty that we have to share everything about ourselves. Yes. You You have to keep some things like for yourself. You should be able to do that. Right. But then I feel guilty if I do. And then I'm like, okay, well, like through the breakup and stuff like that, I like I felt guilty and I still feel guilty giving myself the space that I need to heal, Mm -hmm. which I should not feel guilty about. But people ask about it so often that I'm like, shit, I should be sharing this. And then I'm like, no, I shouldn't be sharing this because it's not only me that's going through it. It's also like another person. I don't want to share his deepest, darkest shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like his like, (laughs) imagine I just get on a mic and I'm like, actually all of his deep, dark, emotional (laughs) problems. And here I'm like, I'll share mine. But like, it's just he didn't sign up for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there is that element to it as well. Right. But I do want to talk about Stagecoach. Okay. Because I said in this last week's episode, I was like, I'm going to rehash Stagecoach. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to wait till Maddie comes on. Yeah. <laughs> so Maddie and I went to Stagecoach together. We're going to preface who we went with and everything. Yes. So for starters, both of us were like, you know, like I would say a month or two prior, we were like, we're going Let's to Stagecoach. Go. Yeah. But we just were like, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it all comes to fruition. I changed my mind. I drive everyone crazy a million times before, <laughs> yes. like the day before. And that's how like the modeling industry is. You yes. don't find out that you're working mm-hmm. until the night before a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then you have to book a flight or whatever it is. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to be able to commit until and I told girls that I was yeah, potentially like going with. I'm sorry. And I understand if this doesn't work for you, but I mm-hmm. will not know yes. until a few days before. And then we just sent it and everything fell into place. Amazing. And yeah. also like you almost didn't come for like one of the days and then like I was gonna have to find a different house but I'm good at like pivoting so I think that was a good thing so we I drove down with my friends Anna and Liv from LA I met Maddie there we were staying at Maddie's family's house explain who we were staying with with my so my 22 23 year old cousin graduated Mm -hmm. recently from IU but before that he he played he's a football player so he Mm -hmm. played at Cal so it was him and his best buddy. And yes. then a bunch of these girls that went to Cal Poly that they're friends with. They're, they're all 22-year-old, yeah. like, beer pong. Mm-hmm. So I cute. can't describe everything that was going on. But yeah. it was just full-on were... frat. But it was amazing because it was just totally, like, comfort, mm-hmm. totally with my family. And I'd been to that house before. Mm-hmm. And then it was it was just a random crew. And then my friend yes. Kyle that I trained with, he came as well and just slept on the couch. It was just very random and at the same time everything kind of fell into place yes and it all made sense and I think we were just down to wing it which is nice and mm-hmm. I don't know I've been to festivals or trips in the past where you're with people and in kind of a weird situation you don't feel comfortable sleeping there at night or know exactly what you're getting so into or sketchy girls and it just all seamlessly worked out and it was comfortable like yeah. Maddie and I had a room with two queen beds in it and we just mm-hmm. like were so comfy the whole time so we drove down there I meet Maddie down there on like this was Friday Mm-hmm. And I had a deal with Amex that I had to do. So I was like getting all prepped for that. Maddie had a deal that she was like trying to, to get together the whole weekend. And Amex was paying like honestly pretty well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to splurge and get an artist pass because I'm going to be taxed on this anyway. I'm like, I might as well get the write-offs in. Right. So I got a, like an artist pass for me. Everyone else got like 
Amex gave me some saloon passes, so the VIP passes. This is just to preface so I can explain to y'all the rest of the weekend because Maddie snuck and into artists. Ar- artist, by the way. Wait, <laughs> no, saloon's day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, saloon's VIP. I don't know if it's being a girl or if it was just because we had friends that tried to do the same. And I I would assume you can't just sneak into artists. They would have very strict security. Yes. And I'm yeah. not even, like she said, I ran. There was not one <laughs> issue. Just every time. And it's one of those things, too, like, I would never be a good thief. If yeah. I'm going to try to like steal an apple or something, I would look around and then just run yeah. versus like if you just act out, like walk out nonchalantly holding it. Oh, sorry. I didn't even realize. Yes. But I would like as soon as someone wasn't looking or they were dealing with someone else's pass, mm-hmm. I would just sprint yes. into the area. And but no, it wasn't even a big area. Like if they wanted to catch me, they could tackle me no, in two seconds. She was she was literally like we were like slippery. Like you it was a single file line. There were three single file lines. No, two not single file lines either. and an exit and not very many people. I don't know how <laughs> this happened. I know. But every single time we're like, all right, we're getting into artists. And the difference between the VIP and the artist is the artist was just really close to the stage. It's so all it's kind like, of the same. It's all the same. Just but the artist closer. was just closer. Yeah. yeah. And less of a crowd right next to like the main thing. Like, right. Obviously, the closer you get to the stage, whatever. So anyway, you didn't have to, I didn't have to pay for that shit. I guess I'm actually, two of us sneaking in though, I thought about this this whole time. I was like, damn, I shouldn't have bought an pass. But like only one of us sneaking made sense. It was two also of us just sneaking. from an anxiety perspective, like to have to, yeah. we would want to leave to go get a drink or something. And I'm, and guys, I can't leave because yeah. then I have to, it's already enough that I got in once. I'm like, yeah. when is my luck going to run out? Because yes. I kept doing it and it just kept working. And I'm like, at some point, like, this isn't going to be cool anymore. Like, that I girl. also did pay someone for like one of our friends to get in. Like, it was literally, he was like, just give me 80 bucks. Like, the oh, security was that guard. Anna's friend? Yeah, it yeah. was like $80. I'm sorry. The, the band was like 1600 You fucking asshole. Yeah, so thank you guys. Like, <gasps> the difference between, because I had never been a stagecoach before on yeah, like, yeah. Coachella. And I feel like if I were to take a guess, it would be a lot harder to pull this kind of stuff off. Yeah, at Coachella. At Coachella, even For though it's sure. exactly the same thing. Yes. Just well, different kind of music. Way less people. Really? Yeah, way less people. I, I thought like Coachella it felt was... very crowded to me, but I hadn't been to Coachella. And... Yeah. In a, a while. I mean, I guess maybe last. I don't know. 2019 was packed. Yeah. Well, I feel like. We actually snuck into artists then, too. I guess, y'all, don't buy artist passes. I have just a friend that didn't even have a pass to Coachella, and I think she just somehow no. got in. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. You Sounds can finesse good. it. I mean, I took my cousin one year, and it was a Sunday, and everyone was leaving, mm-hmm. and we wanted to just, he'd never been. He yeah, didn't yeah. even realize we were five minutes away. Same where cousin? we were staying this time. Yeah, no, yeah. a different one. Okay. Older. And he didn't even realize that there was a festival going on. I go, okay, I got to show you. Like, let's just get onto this the shuttle. Mm-hmm. We, we also finessed our way on the shuttle. We did do that. So my cousin and all his friends created fake shuttle passes that they mm-hmm. laminated and went above and beyond to create. And then the first five seconds, taken. they got them all yeah. taken. And we we just like slipped. We did that too. They're not paying attention. I just don't think they care. I don't think they would care. I think it would be a neat, like, little trip, power trip for me, like <laughs> not to let these annoying little kids yes. like get in. I just have anxiety and I follow the rules, so I feel like I need, like, I have to have the pass that I need for certain things. And but if we I'm, didn't even have the shuttle pass. I was so nervous the entire, like, until we left, like, until we were actually moving in the shuttle. I was, yeah. So anxious. Well, speaking of shuttles, should we tell them about the oh, the, when we were, the shuttle? Our Nelly we tour bus? <laughs> is that the shuttle we're talking about? Today's episode is sponsored by Notion. As the firstborn in my family and a Capricorn in like eight houses, I am extremely type A. I love a schedule. I love a list. I love a meal plan, an itinerary. Okay. I mean, I schedule in my free time. Like it's blocked off on my calendar. Okay. For this reason, y'all know I use Notion every single day, both on my desktop and on my phone. I'm always cooking up something on Notion. 
So today, I'm excited to tell you about the incredible newest addition to Notion's suite of tools, Notion AI, artificial intelligence that works right in your Notion workspace. Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger doing tasks that normally take hours in just seconds. Just tell Notion AI what to do. The more details, the better. Or you can start with a prompt and go from there. So you can have it write a blog post, brainstorm ideas, make an outline, summarize a bunch of documents. AI is amazing, obviously. And the fact that Notion has it integrated into their workspace is a game changer. I've used Notion AI to brainstorm content ideas for the podcast, to formulate a quick strength training workout on days that I'm not with my trainer, to help with quick copywriting needs like episode descriptions, and so much more. You can even use Notion AI to put together high-protein meal plans for the week. Just prompt it with your goals and what kinds of foods you like, and just give as many details as possible. Like, really spare no detail. And it will write out a meal plan for you. Unbelievable. There are so many applications for Notion AI in your work life as well. It can help create press releases, write professional emails, write job descriptions. Truly, the possibilities are endless. For a limited time, try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash note to self. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash note to self to try the incredible power of Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. This is a limited time offer. Try Notion AI for free right now at notion.com slash note to self. As we discuss on note to self constantly, women are multidimensional and so are the ways we feel good in our bodies. Nike knows that. And now they've made their most meaningful investment in women yet with products that work for every woman, every body and every part of your movement journey from leggings that move with you and keep you worry free during your period, which is huge the super soft, versatile bras and sneakers that let you flex to your fullest, Nike is here to help you feel your all. So go ahead and reach further into that stretch or push it during your run because Nike's got you. No matter what your fave workout or way to exercise is, Nike has something for you. They've invested a ton of time and money into figuring out what feels and fits best for us. For example, how many of you stress about your period when you're working out? I am on high alert during my workouts, whether it's in the gym, in a class, or on a simple walk during that time of the month which is why Nike just introduced awesome leak protection biker shorts. They're made with an ultra thin liner, which means you can work out or chill out without worry. I think that is absolutely iconic. Nike is so dedicated to making women feel comfy during movement and mindfulness that they have performed thousands, thousands of body scans on actual women to engineer bras that provide all the support for the way we move. So they've got the girls covered for any activity you're doing. And speaking of comfy, I am living in my Nike Go and Nike Zenby leggings constantly. The Go leggings feature Infinilock fabric to lock you in so you can go the distance. These also have lots of pockets, which is key. While the Zenby leggings with buttery soft InfoSoft fabric provide gentle support that unlocks your every twist and turn. I own multiple pairs of both of these leggings, as I'm sure you've seen me sporting on my Instagram stories all the time. So... Head over to Nike.com today to discover all the ways that Nike helps you feel your all. That's Nike.com, N-I-K-E.com. Okay, y'all. So we're going we're gonna to talk about how I fell in love real quick because it involves the Nelly oh, tour bus. okay. Yeah, yeah. So on Thursday night before we went to Stagecoach, one of my guy friends asked me to come to a Chargers, like the football team, draft party. And his family is really involved with the team. So... I was like, hell yeah. I'm I was go. pissed too because she was supposed to get all of my, I live in New York. So all <laughs> yeah. of my clothes for, for Sage Coach 
at the house that mm-hmm. my like my friend I had sent them to his place. Yes. Because um, Maddie was in New York still. Yeah. Yeah. So Peyton goes and gets drunk. And I I'm like, drunk. girl, I- <laughs> all I know is you better have my thing. <laughs> you better get them in the morning. And we were leaving for Stagecoach on Friday morning. So Thursday happens and my friend Mikey's like, bring whoever you want. So I brought my friend Iman. We go out, we get drunk and I'm at this at this draft party with Mikey and this other guy who works in music. And then this other guy who was like really like kind of stoic and like a big guy and like good looking. <laughs> And there was a bunch of football players there. So I thought he was a football player this whole time. And I took note of him. Like, I took note of him. He was with us the whole night. So I noticed on Friday that this guy is also around our group with me, Mikey, and then, like, this other music guy, whatever, who I got my artist pass from. Like, he's in the industry, kind of. But I don't know, like, exactly what he does at this point. Anyway, so we're in a group. This guy's there. He's still, like, very stoic, very relaxed. So... Saturday, we are all a little bit drunk. We're all just like, you know, Maddie's slipped in and out of the... Of Wait, is it Saturday? Saturday, yeah. This is the day two we went to a party at 2 p.m. So we were taking shots oh, of tequila at two. I forgot about this. So this yeah. also has to do with this guy. Yeah. So I, we go to a party, um, like For a Casamigos Cas party at this really nice house. It was like one of those movie, like... What are those movies with all the different celebrities? You'd mm-hmm. see like Seth Rogen yes. and like it oh was my God, like that. You're right. You're right. And we it did was. see like yes. Mila Kunis was there, and, and it was like, just not even a way. Like. No, no. <laughs> we were so confused. Like we didn't know what we were walking into, honestly. And Maddie took a photo of these like guys like going ham and like taking this art off the wall, of this big house, and like one of them was Luke Bryan, who like was the headliner yeah, the night yeah. before. Anyway, I was like, oh, that, that's this is craziness. So I see we see our guy friends and we start talking to them and everything. And I see this guy there and he's just sitting there like by himself, quiet, calm, just like observing. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing here again? So then on Saturday, like after that, we, we go to the festival. I had to go work. So we had to go to Amex and oh, like yeah. go, you know, it's take actually video. Hindsight good that we had to go do that. Because yes. if we'd stayed at this party and kept drinking, I mean... If we get, we'll get into the story later yes. on, but we were already like we were hammered <laughs> at the end of the night. So it's good. We took a little bit of a break. So we go in the festival, we take our content. And then after, you know, the night's happening, Maddie's in, been in and out of slipping in and out of artists, like just sprinting. And we go with some of our guy friends to this like backstage area. So so our friend who works in music is like, OK, y'all, we're going to go to this after party and Maddie can get a ride from there because you couldn't get a ride from the backstage area. Like, it was going to be impossible for you to get one. You were literally, like, you were really drunk. I don't know if you remember I know. this. No, I didn't want to stay. But, but wait, we're, are we skipping the whole party bus Well, thing? this is right before the party bus. You were like, I'm going to get an Uber. And we're like, that Maddie. That was before the bus? No, uh-huh. it was not. Well, you wanted to go home. I don't think you wanted to get on the party bus at all. And you were like, I thought we were going to the, the shuttle. I know. Because we were like, <laughs> we have to stay because you're not oh, going to get an Uber oh. from here. Oh, I wanted to leave before the... Okay. Yes. So our friend was like, okay, we'll get you a, a car from the after party yeah, we're going yeah. to next. Yeah, Just like hang out But like, bit. y'all come on the tour bus for like 10 minutes. And her, we don't know. It's a, I still it's had a, no idea. It's a bus. It's a blacked out bus. We can't see it. Like, we can't see inside. Like, it's... You barely see when you're in the bus. You can barely see outside. Okay? Like, we don't know what we're getting on. But I'm trusting our guy friends that this is going to be okay. So me and our friend Anna and then Maddie get on this bus and it's Nellie's party bus or tour bus. And we get back there and it's just us three, that random guy that I was telling you all about that I thought all was stoic girls, and cute. And bottles. we were all in the back and then the, and there was all these girls in the front just like swinging from like the fucking <laughs> rafters of the bus. We're like, what is happening like right dancers. now? Nellie's handing me a blunt. I'm like, oh my God, Nellie's handing me a blunt. At Holy what point shit. though do we know that that's who it was? Because I think it didn't click 
So until for you and Anna, it. it didn't click. For me, it did because we were right behind Nelly's stage that he just performed. Oh. And I know that oh, our even friend. At that show. I don't think we even were at that we, show. We like ran to get there because our our friend wanted to go to that one. Like he was like, we cannot miss Nelly. And then of course, like we missed Nelly. <laughs> but we were on Nelly's bus. So then we went on his bus. And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is hilarious. This is like fucking hilarious. Okay. We're also all so squished together. So my face next to this like stoic guy, right, is okay, like yeah, five back. feet away from him. Okay. So I'm like, I have to say something now. Like, we're sitting there staring at each other. And he was giving me major military vibes. So I was like, were you in the, or like, are you in the military? And he was like, I was, I was a Marine. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, what are you, like, who are you with? Because he's been around for the past, like, you know, a gazillion days. And he's like, I'm actually security. <laughs> he's someone's playing security guard. It's our friend who works in music. And was it his? It was his because okay. he's usually with his talent. So I guess when he went behind stage and stuff like that, he was with talent and he would just have this guy also. So anyway, him and I, I mean, it could have been the drunkenness for sure. But I'm like, OK, I'm in love with this guy now. OK, like I'm in love with him. What, what should we call him? We'll call him Joe. No. no. <laughs> Josh, you could leave Why that in. Why was that my first? Because <laughs> it's such a standard name. Yeah. I was we'll like, call him... I was thinking of Princess Diaries. Or it's like, yes. no, Joe. Well, this guy's name is literally... <laughs> As standard as his, but let's call him Bob. Okay. Just for funsies. So Bob is like talking to me the whole night. And I, we started having a joke, me and my friend Anna, that we both were in love with Bob. And like, it was kind of mean because he actually. I know. <laughs> well, I like do, I like did think he was hot. Like, obviously, I noticed him. But anyway, I was talking to him about stuff. And then we go to this after party. He's the only one that's sober too. So he was talking to me and he he drove us to the after party. Was this Do you when remember you guys that? were in the front seat? Yes. Yes, I remember that. Like I, we were, we all get I'm into this so car. Mad. They're like we're going to Diplo's. You can get escape from there. <laughs> he literally we go he he gets in the front seat of this car and of course I'm like I'm sitting in the front with Bob. Like I run in the front. So I could see why he thought I was like yeah. serious. And he then after was so he's sweet. been hitting you up. I know he's been hitting me up. He actually hit me up the day after like on Sunday and was like what are y'all doing today? Like he was just texting me to make sure we got home safe and all this stuff and I'm like did you end up telling him it was just like an of the weekend thing no did not answer I didn't answer for a while and then he asked me on a date y'all and you a ghoster I'm more of a well you had no reason it wasn't like you went on a date so. yeah there was nothing I mean I really talked to him for two minutes yeah and then he left we went to an after party Maddie went home <laughs> but yeah that's me falling in love at stagecoach Maddie made kind of boyfriends but not really Ew. <laughs> What are other code names? Oh, uh, oh, yeah. One boyfriend. Yeah. One kind of boyfriend. And then Bob was my only real boyfriend. I talked to a couple of different guys there, but none of them were really my type. No, it's just kind of fun to flirt. But yeah. Not necessarily be serious. Yeah. I don't like the follow up texts. Like, I wish, I will say that the Bob, when he texted me to go on a date, he was like, hey, I think you're one of the prettiest girls I've ever seen. First Aww. of all, I'm like, you should say I'm the prettiest girl you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Bob. But anyway, he was like, and I would really like to take you out, but I don't know if that was just like a weekend thing or Does he like, live here? Oh, so he acknowledged. He gets kind of he got what it, it was. Yeah, yeah, he got it. It's not like going to be a thing for sure, but it was so fun for the weekend to yeah, be like, where is he? It's a good story. Yeah, obviously. it's such a good story. Yeah. Who else? Who else? I feel like I do a lot of things these days just because I used to be so serious about dating and what is this leading to? And mm -hmm. I, I just would get too married to something. Yes. Now I'm just in this phase. I'm calling it slutty summer where yeah. I'm just open to <laughs> not even necessarily being a slut, but just yeah. having fun mm -hmm. and meeting people and not knowing exactly where it's going to lead. Like yeah, I actually yeah. hooked up with this guy. And this is not like I've lived in New York for two years. Uh -huh. And I think in those two years, I probably had one person over ever. Yes. 
But in this last, I swear to it's psychology when I'm in LA, mm-hmm. they all come crawling back. And I think it's the psychology of wanting what they can't have. And because yes. I don't live here anymore, yes, they all yes. hit me up and I come that. out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not like I went home with this random guy the other night <laughs> that I didn't even I like I'm tracing it back in my brain throughout the course of the night. I never once looked at him in that way. And it just kind of happened. But yes. it was just because we connected really well and had fun together. And mm-hmm. I just am like letting myself live more. Do whatever. And it's really fun just not having to know exactly what something is. Yeah. And just letting like it evolve. Well, I'm being a flirt. And I've always been one. Like <laughs> I met my ex like during a one night stand or what was supposed to be a one night stand. I actually met two guys that I dated for like a I substantial like amount of time. I feel like we talked about this too. Mm-hmm. Whether... Because I always thought if you give yourself up too easily because I actually was talking to until up until like a week ago mm-hmm. one guy for a couple months and I slept with him after the first date which mm-hmm. I would tend to think you can't give up too easily yeah. because then they there's nothing for them to look forward to mm-hmm. but there's that whole what is it the bucket rule or something yeah, when they yeah. meet you they already know whether they want to date you or not mm-hmm. and I think too you can because then I backtracked and taught him how to treat me and have yeah. more expectations after that so I think you can navigate it and not well, necessarily also, like I think for me it's always a thing of like I'm not going to sleep with a guy or not sleep with a guy based on what I think he's going to think of me after. Mm. I will sleep with a guy or not sleep with a guy if I want to do either of those things. It's all about me. I'm not necessarily going to be like, okay, what's going to make him like me more? Like if I sleep with him, he'll, he, you know, either isn't going to like me more because it was too early or he's going to like me more because I finally, I had sex with him and make him excited. I don't want to think about any of that because you never know what someone's going to think about you. If I want to sleep with someone... I'm going to do it. Right. And if I don't want to sleep with someone, I'm not going to do it. And then that's the end of it. And We're there's not this double standard. Wa- guys can sleep around. But if mm-hmm. we do it, like we get horny too. Yeah. It's okay if we just want to hook up once in a while and have it just be that. I also think if a guy looks down on you for hooking up with him, that, ha- that says a lot about what he thinks of himself. Yeah. <laughs> like what? That's so crazy. So I'm not against at all sleeping with people or going home with people or whatever. But I'm doing this thing lately where... I find myself at home with a guy like like it, well, you told it's, me this that you don't you go I don't, home with them but you don't do anything we don't kiss we don't touch I just talk How do you their like, ear off avoid <laughs> I talk their ear off for six hours and then like literally I'm like okay bye and like I just leave that's my new move that I'm doing so I don't know I'm why drunk then it like it just happens yes <laughs> but none of these guys are cute like I'm literally like you're my bud yeah. also I've been flirting a lot too and this is my new okay so I moved from like you're my guy friend. And I've actually met a couple guys that way, like who are like not hooking up with me at all. Like that are just like, hey, what's up? What are you doing today? Like what's going on this weekend or whatever? Yeah. Who are not being creepy or weird at all, which is kind of cool. But I'm now in a new zone where I'm just going to make boyfriends for the night where they have to drive me places or like obviously if it was security, like Do they this know guy that was. that's what they are? Probably not. I mean, yeah. this guy, Bob, thought I was right. serious, which I still, you know, whatever. Maybe if I run into him, we'll be, it'll be more serious. But yeah, I just don't you never think... know. Don't write it off. I just think my issue is 80% of my friends are guys just because it's mm-hmm. so much easier for me to connect with guys. It's mm-hmm. just easy. Watch sports. Talk about anything. There's just no yeah. drama. Mm-hmm. And with girls, inevitably, I mean, I have a few close girlfriends, but I'm more selective about that. Yeah. Who I kind of let into my circle. But at the end of the day, I know all of my guy friends, if I said, you know what, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's have sex. Mm-hmm. They would, which, yes. which sucks. Is that, an, yeah, it kind of is Well, annoying. that's why I'm, I consider myself to be a girl's girl. I say, I think I have more guy friends because it's like surface level friends, mm-hmm. whereas my girlfriends are like my family. Right. You know what I mean? I have a couple guy friends that are like family, but I don't trust guys. Like at, I yeah. Trust. At the end of the day, if you really Women. need something, you would know that they would not have ulterior motives. Yes. You know, a girl, obviously. Well, yeah. You, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I, yeah, I don't, I trust my girlfriends a lot more, but I have a lot of like guy friends that are fun to hang out right. with. Right. And like, it's very easier simple, to go out with. Very simple yeah. people. Also, I'm the one that's like, I don't know when to go home. So I'm always the girl that's left with all the guys because all my girlfriends have gone home because they're fucking smart and I'm blackout <laughs> until four in the morning just yeah. being stupid. That was like the house we ended up at. The, yes. The guys well, that <laughs> rented the house for the weekend all bolted when we got there to get yes. on some flight at what, three in the morning so or something? Late. Yeah. So, so weird. Yeah. And we were just like, Bye. We're just going to have they fun like in this house. Left us their in house. The bunk beds. And yes. I couldn't do it. We were in this room with these bunk beds and fluorescent lights. And I'm like, Peyton wakes up in the morning. She goes, where are you? I thought you were below me. And I yes. go, no, I just was like, I'm home. figuring out a way to get home, which is actually <laughs> sketchier because my phone was going to die and yes. I like, couldn't get in again. To development. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Une Femme Wines. And I am so excited for this sponsor. Y'all will see why in a second. Unfem is a premium, award-winning, women-made sparkling wines that give back to charities that benefit women. How note to self is that? Unfem can be found on the wine list at some of the best restaurants and luxe hotels like St. Regis and Ritz-Carlton Properties, so very fancy, and also at Target, Sprouts, and other fine wine retailers across the country. The brand is all about uplifting, supporting, gathering, and building communities of women because when women get together, magic happens. And I've always said that. Okay. Note to self is all about empowering women, empowering you to go out and do your best. And the idea of giving back to women while also drinking wine. I mean, ideal, ideal situation. Unfem's flagship wines, the Betty and the Cali represent the very best in modern California winemaking. The Betty is a light, versatile California sparkling white wine crafted in Unfem's signature dirty, modern, but fresh root style. A percentage of proceeds from the sales of the Betty, named after Betty White, is donated to Dress for Success. And if you're not familiar with Dress for Success, definitely go look them up. They're an amazing organization. The Cali is a 91-point award-winning sparkling rosé that is a dry, Fresh and crafted for rosé all day, all year long. So not just summer, though it is going to be summertime here pretty soon. Kind of feels like summer outside right now, um, which is the perfect rosé season, obviously. A percentage of proceeds from the sales of the Cali is donated to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Beautifully balanced and never too sweet, thoughtfully produced, woman-made wines that give back. I received a box of Unvim wines recently and I have almost gone through all of it. I also like to keep my like really good wines stocked in my fridge, especially if I'm going to go out like to a friend's house or something and bring them over. I brought a bottle of the rosé over to my friend Iman's house recently and we both freaking loved it. So y'all are going to go to UF dot wine slash note to self to find Unfem wines at a retailer near you and get five dollars off per bottle a deal for our podcast insiders that's uf dot w-i-n-e slash n-o-t-e-t-o-s-e-l-f to learn more restrictions apply please drink responsibly must be 21 years or older premium meals don't have to come at a premium price ButcherBox provides you with the best meat and seafood on the planet so you can whip up quality meals on your budget. If you've been following me on Instagram, which you should be at this point, at Peyton Sarton, okay, you know I've been all about ButcherBox in the last few months. It's so important to not only focus on protein intake, as I've discussed time and time again through my very recent fitness journey, 
but making sure the protein you're eating is high quality. They offer 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood. It's really, truly the best of the best. ButcherBox delivers directly to your door with free shipping, and shipments are curated to customized box plans. So from my most recent box, I got so many cuts, so I'm fully stocked for the entire month. I've made crispy air fryer chicken strips with the chicken tenders. I've made bolognese and tacos with the ground beef. ButcherBox has inspired me to get a little more creative and outside of my comfort zone in the kitchen, so I'm learning to cook cuts that I never have before. Um, I'm currently on my steak journey with the flank steaks I got in my last box. ButcherBox members have access to recipe inspiration, guides, tips, hacks, etc. So you get all the help in the kitchen that you need. So I have an amazing deal for Note to Self listeners. Sign up today and use code Note to Self to receive ground beef for a year plus $20 off your first order. That's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for a year plus $20 off your first order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash note to self and use code note to self. Please go do this because the ground beef is the one that I use the most. So that's code note to self, all caps, all together, note to self. I can fall asleep anywhere. I can't. At this point. That's such a talent. I'm so jealous. If I'm like, not like when I'm drunk though. So like if I'm, oh, like, yeah. if I'm drunk and I'm like getting tired, I'm like, I am sleeping wherever I am. So yeah. I don't really care what's going on here. Right. <laughs> like, and maybe that's why I keep going over to guys' houses and like not doing anything. I'm like, all right, I'm staying I'm here, but you like bed. you go on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I also am very stern. So I think people generally listen to me. Luckily, it hasn't been like a creepy guy. Do not do this because like I'm getting so lucky, I think. And that time is over. You're going to jinx yourself. Now I'm just having boyfriends for the night, just like Bob, where I'm like flirty and I'm like, yeah, it's just fun. you're my boyfriend. And you leave it that night. And then you leave and you never speak to them again. So fun. So cute. See, if you did hook up with them, then maybe they would keep. Because sometimes I think if they already got what they want in the beginning, like mm-hmm. this last weekend, that guy. Yeah. First of all, the sex was not like, it wasn't bad. It was yeah, fun. Yeah. But also we were so fucked up that like yeah. neither of us should keep it clean. Like we're satisfied. <laughs> yeah. So I thought maybe that's why he's still interested. But I'm like... <gasps> You, I see these pictures of me from that night. Yeah. <laughs> I have never looked worse in my life. I swear this girl was trying to set me up taking the worst photos of me like to just blackmail me. Yeah. No, so, I wish I could show you guys. So, so bad. So I'm like, what is he seeing in me? Why is he still trying? Well, he was also drunk. So maybe his vision's yeah. like blurred. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, you're supposed to say, no, you couldn't have looked no, that bad. You look great. <laughs> no, I have been the crustiest I've ever been. No, I have to show you. These pictures are actually, I'm like, this is, this, I have this to cannot them. be me. Yeah. Our, so Mikey, our... The guy who went, okay, so on Thursday before Stagecoach, I went with Mikey and some mm-hmm. of our friends to the Chargers thing. And we were at a diner at like three in the morning. It was me, him, and like two of like these other guys. Yes. Yeah. And I, he showed me pictures of us because we're both sitting there with our like milkshakes. <laughs> and we are the crustiest. Like he zooms on my face. He's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, I don't know. I also, know. I got so many um, DMs asking if Mikey was my boyfriend. Oh, he wishes. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> I love him. I love him to death. He's so cute. But no, he is not my boyfriend. I know. What's his type? Because I thought that he was going to try to flirt with me and not even. His type is, is you. Is I? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is I? Well, maybe I was crusty. <laughs> <laughs> he was too crusty. No, he was obsessed with you. Really? Yeah. Sorry, Mikey. Hi, Mikey. 
Don't listen. To, he won't listen to this. No. Okay. So anyway, that was our stagecoach story. Yes. I'm sure there's a lot of things. It was so fun. It was fun. I still, to be honest, don't love country. It was fun. Yeah. But I still Maddie think, doesn't even like country music. No, I just went for like, I must say the people that were there were great. It was mm-hmm. great. I don't like using the words vibes, energy, but I yeah. don't know how else to describe it. It was just great. Like everyone was really fun. It just yes. worked out seamlessly. It was a perfect level of partying. Well, you've also met some of my friends. You met Kelsey and you yeah, met Iman. Yeah, so great. Just down to earth, real people. And yeah. logistically, it was better than Coachella. That for me, despite loving music, it's just, it's a nightmare. There's a so many people. It's very stressful and it's not mm-hmm. worth it to me because my anxiety is so high when I'm there. Yeah. That it's it's just not even worth going. Also, too many people that I know that I don't want to talk yeah, to. Yeah, and everyone, like, we are influencers, but you feel this insane amount of pressure to have four outfit changes and create content nonstop. I can't. We went, took our photos, did what we needed to do. We barely even we took We barely photos. took content. Yeah, it was great. There were some days I was <laughs> like, I really need to get, I'm actually doing that a lot too, where I forget to take pictures, and I'm like, fuck. I needed yeah. to get something like I should have gotten something like that. That the last day was bad. No, but you met a good balance. So. You met Iman and Kelsey. And I'm going to talk about this because I was like talking to Maddie about this before we saw Iman and Kelsey. These are two of my best friends. Iman's been on the podcast before. You'll have seen both of them on my Instagram if you followed me for a while. But I was like, Maddie, I'm a little afraid of me, Iman and Kelsey and our friend Anna to be like all together. It was exactly what you just well, act. I don't yeah. know. I feel like it was that and more. Like, yes. I was like, she was like, why? I was like, I just you'll see. So one of the nights, this is probably su- it was Sunday. We were leaving the venue, and we were like the last people oh, at this fucking just... venue. Yes, and we saw. I didn't see like, you know, we're walking. There's literally no one around, which is difficult to do in a venue this big. Like to be the last fucking people. All of a sudden, I hear like stop, 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 stop behind me, and it's my friend Kelsey and Iman and like the group they were with and we couldn't find them the whole time because it's like a fucking disaster trying to find people yeah so no they're left yeah no service so they're left I I feel Kelsey running up behind me she decks me she grabs a beer that I'm holding she takes a huge chug of it and then starts laughing and spits the entire beer back into my face to the point where it's like <laughs> fully dripping off my face and I didn't have water I didn't have a napkin I had nothing to wipe it off with so I just have beer dripping on my face. Iman throws me on the ground and puts me between her legs and says I'm in jail. Iman can't talk because she like is so dusty. Like her throat was so dusty that she's like, Peyton's in jail, like screaming. <laughs> then they both disappear and like run ahead of us. And we like was go. And Anna was flashing us too. Oh yeah. This was after. So they all both run away. And I'm like, Maddie's like, ah, like they are I'm wild. Like, okay, That's so I don't funny. know how to okay. join this. Do I, or nor do I want <laughs> what to. What is this aggressive thing happening? I'm like, sorry about that. So we walk out. And at the exit, I see two girls on the ground and like a people in like a semicircle around them, like six people. And we get closer and I go, oh, my God, it's Kelsey laying on her back. And then Iman is straddling her on her knees. And I am dying laughing. I run over there. They're Iman, roommates, right? They were roommates for a while. Okay. Iman pulls me on the ground with Kelsey. And then Anna comes over and sits on Kelsey's face. <laughs> and people are looking like, what the fuck is happening? This is like a core memory for us, though. We are... I am crying laughing. This is when we saw those young kids too, right? Yes, yeah. we saw these people. They were going as crazy as us. People are looking at us. Iman's yelling at everyone to look away because <laughs> we're having we're having a moment. Yeah, yeah. And then we all get up and Anna's flashing us. Oh no, Kelsey's making Anna flash us. It was the most disastrous thing. And Maddie was like, okay, no, I get, now it. I get it. I get it. But I can't even try to remotely like, like oh, the- let me just jump in here. <laughs> I usually don't try to jump in. I am pulled in. Like, I literally go over to Iman and Kelsey, like, what are you doing? And Iman is just like, did, did Anna know them well? So 
Anna and Kelsey went to college together. Okay. So they've known each other for a while. And then I've known Iman since college. And then I made Iman and Kelsey meet. And then so Kelsey made like Anna a, and I meet. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of like, almost like we, I guess are like, <laughs> Anna was like, I think we're a little bit masculine. <laughs> but we're all just like so crazy. Also, like, you know, when you're with your friends, I, I get tunnel vision. So like, if I go out with specifically those people, I'm just having fun with my friends, which is why I'll never fucking meet anybody if I'm with them, because yeah. we're all tunnel vision. Just like we call them he he ha ha friends. We're just like giggling the whole time. Mikey's kind of in that group with us. Like he knows Kelsey and Iman really well. And we're just giggling <laughs> for eight hours. There is no sexual no drugs, no things nothing. going on. We're just like having the best, weirdest time. And anyone with us it's just like what are they fucking even talking about we're like speaking in a different language you know you know yeah. it doesn't make any sense so that was also <laughs> happening and then we went that to a house sunday. it's so dark like partying yes. like that on a sunday horrible at festivals yeah. was that the night that was the last night we went to that house and then yes. we were in the hot tub for a little while like literally until the morning yeah and then we had to leave it was a whole it was a whole thing god I'm yeah. glad it's over. And then I went to Austin the next week and I already explained all that. No, and, and then every time disaster. I come to LA, I tell myself I'm going to chill and be healthy and detox. And yeah. I do more here than I do even in New York. Well, you know what I want to do is get a dog because it'll force you. It's it'll either, force me. Oh, I have to go home to my dog and it's a good excuse or mm -hmm. oh, I'm having fun and like my dog. So I think the thing right now with me is the reason I've been going on vendors is because I'm alone all the time now, like in mm -hmm. my apartment. And LA's like pretty spread out anyways. So, like when I want to see my friends, I have to make like a specific date and time to see them. Right. And I, I, I just need something to do. So then like the weekend rolls around or it's like Thursday and I'm like, okay, I need to go see some people. So then I'm out and then like I continue to stay out because I have nothing making me have it to be stable, I guess. And if I had a dog that, that gives me some stability that I like really want. I think know? it's also our jobs. I think you're pretty good about having a routine and creating structure for yourself. I but try. for me, yeah. tomorrow, for example, there's been a guy that I've been like trying to meet up with. And mm -hmm. he said, oh, let's go to this concert. And I mm -hmm. had a shoot on Thursday morning. So that would deter me from going. Yeah. But I actually I was able to switch it to the night. So now yeah. I'm going to go to a concert on a Wednesday night mm -hmm. and do what I should be essentially in a real world doing yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> but because our jobs are so fluid, like I may yeah. be on set working a full day on a Saturday. On Saturday it's yeah. not typical. But yeah, I just feel like it's hard to say no, especially what, like you said, when you're living alone. And mm -hmm. when I, if I were to have a boyfriend, it would be easy to let's cook, maybe have a yes. glass of wine and stay in. But when you're other, especially in New York, when there's yes. so much hustle and bustle around you, you, you want to be more out. alone yeah. when you're inside. And then I have this guilt factor where there's so much going on and we're young and there's so many options. Of, mm -hmm. I mean, even on a Monday night in New York City, there's a million and things also, to do. Also, young and single, you're like, yeah. okay, I better get out and there and do something. and it's not going to be something. forever. Yeah. Like, it's a shame to not enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. So, But it's also exhausting. Then I'm going out five days a week and finding that balance of yeah. being healthy. It's it's a whole thing. I don't know how you go out and then work out in the morning. I you're just, good I just know if I don't. Actually, this last weekend I didn't. But if yeah. I don't, then it's I'm going to waste the entire day. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. That, that gives you stability. Yeah. Your, like, workout schedule does. I'm like, I need a dog. Like, someone, give me a reason to go home, and I will. I just, I don't have a reason, so I just never go yeah. home. <laughs> I'm, like, just out. You know what I mean? Like, aimlessly. All right, y'all. So Maddie and I switch gears pretty quickly here from our stagecoach shenanigans to something a little more serious. I definitely wanted to talk about some silly, goofy stuff before we got into something that is so serious and can be triggering for people. So this is a trigger warning for you guys. We are going to talk about Maddie's experience with a stalker and her story gets pretty 
I mean, serious. There's no, I don't know what other word to use for it and pretty intense. So if this is something that might trigger you, I just wanted to let you guys know before we start talking about it. And I am so proud of Maddie for coming on and speaking about this and speaking out and hopefully giving people who have had this experience some kind of comfort knowing that they're not alone. Anyway, we're about to start talking about it here. So here's your trigger warning for that. And let's get into the conversation with Maddie. Okay, so Maddie has never talked about her experience with a stalker Mm -hmm. outwardly, really. You've mentioned it Actually, at all. I've really alluded to it on my platform and Mm -hmm. said, you guys, I'm going to talk about something at some point. This has been a struggle for me for a long time, but I haven't outwardly spoken about it at Mm -hmm. all. And I've been honestly figuring out the perfect way to do it because when I was on trial with him to get the restraining order, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is obviously fast forwarding through the whole, this was a five-year experience and been debilitating, awful. I would not wish on my worst enemy. But the one thing he did say, I was sitting like this Mm -hmm. side by side with him in this courthouse. And initially our trial was going to be in February. Mm -hmm. He asked for an extension and I did it virtually from New York because I wasn't going to fly here for that. Yeah. And then it pushed to March and I said, you know what, I'm just going to nip this in the butt if me being there in person and him, the judge seeing my raw emotion and everything and quaking in my voice mm-hmm. that I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it worked. I ended up getting it. Thank God. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper. It's a restraining order, right? Yeah. And it's just yeah. a piece of paper. So if he breaks it, then he, he'll be arrested and mm-hmm. then it gets, you know, it'll be maybe a day in jail. And then if he does it again, it could be, I don't know exactly the numbers yeah, break yeah. down. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the one thing he said in court was she, he said, what's your final argument? Because I said, listen, your honor, you've read everything that's ever happened in the last five years. Yeah. So I have nothing else to add. All I know is that the temporary one was all that kept him from harassing me anymore. Because mm-hmm. you guys, he would show up. I would fly in from New York to LA for work or something or mm-hmm. whatever so the reason is. Yes, he lives in LA. Okay. And he would show, and that's part of the reason I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. This started four years ago. At first, it was gifts, and then it was well. Let's re- let's rewind. Okay, okay, let's talk about this because I so I wanted to open with something like hee hee haha stagecoach. Yeah, so we could get into something like more serious because this is obviously a traumatizing experience. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's had a a similar experience, like I, I think it's a lot of our worst fucking nightmares to have a stalker because it it gives you a le- a level of anxiety that you just like don't know what they're gonna do. You know what Who I mean? Is this under, I mean, anxiety in itself is, I would describe it. I've had anxiety, I think, genetically for mm-hmm. my whole life. Yeah. It's just this similar. lingering, like, cloud above you. And I don't think I tried my best to just let it go and be happy and just live my day-to-day life normally, mm-hmm. not realizing what a burden that was to carry around with me yeah. nonstop. But before we're going back, what I was saying is why I haven't spoken about it yet is in, at the final trial, he said... She just wants to use this as some sort of marketing scheme. She wants to use it to gain attention. Mm. This whole time she's alluded on her social media about wanting to talk about it just to get yeah. attention, essentially. I'm like, and well, then the judge goes, well, if she wanted to, who cares? You know, yeah. she's allowed to do what she wants. So that's why I've been a really little reluctant to talk about it. But I do think that whatever we go through is meant, especially having a f- social media following. Mm-hmm. I think I've always just felt like inherently like, you almost owe it to pay it forward mm-hmm. and use what you've gone through to help others. Because whenever I talk about it with friends in passing, they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I know somebody went through this and she is still struggling with it or it took years for her to get the restraining order. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if anyone's been through this, once you hear more about it and it, you relate to it, yeah, there's a know. level of comfort that comes with like <laughs> totally being, knowing you're not alone. Seen. Yeah, for sure. Because I did feel so alone because our legal system's kind of crazy. There's 
zero support. I felt yeah. very hopeless because my whole life, I mean, I've been on my own since I was 18. Mm-hmm. And just anything I've been through, I've dealt with on my own yeah. pretty yeah. much. I'm pretty bad at asking for help just because mm-hmm. I've been able to deal with everything that I've been given. Mm-hmm. Except for this, I just felt like I actually need to just let go and yeah. accept help from people. Yeah. So how did this all start? How did you know that this man was like, you know, right. starting to stalk you. Like, how, did, how does that even come about? So at first, when I moved to L.A., I was living in Brentwood with roommates. Then I moved mm-hmm. to my own place, which I was super excited about in Venice area. How old were you at this point? At, I want to say 22. Okay. I'm 27 now. And I was super excited. It was a really cute little bungalow. But mm-hmm. the way buildings are in New York, it's not one big apartment building. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's just one little, like, house, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So there's this little gaping gate on a busy road. In, in Venice, you're saying? In Venice. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. spot. And then I had one neighbor right behind me. Mm-hmm. And at first I would just receive gifts. And I remember getting this art table book, you know, those cool books. It's 90 supermodels. It's yeah. very magazine-esque, mm-hmm. uh, something you'd want to have in a nice house. And I'm flipping through it. I'm thinking, oh, this is a cool gift, thinking it's for my family or something. Did he's, is this like being shipped to your house or is it yes. being left on the door? It was shipped to my house. Okay. And I'm flipping through it, waiting to see a letter from my family or something to let me know who it was from. But there were mm-hmm. some weird annotations mm-hmm. and like, photographs of this guy and it, it, I immediately knew okay like this is not normal yeah um, also fucking scary that it's coming to your home but at that point I still was kind of in. I was I don't mm. know I don't freak out about most things I kind of yeah. live naively and I just thought like whatever I don't care that he knows where I live like and I also don't think at that point I put two and two together of how bad this is yeah so then it was flowers then I simultaneously started getting emails it would be three okay. a day and did and, you know that the emails were connected to the gifts? Did he, like, claim them or something? How did I know that it was connected? I think just because I was receiving weird stuff and also really bizarre emails, mm-hmm. I, I kind of put two and two together. Yeah. And at this point, was your social following big? Yeah. I, I okay. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was probably 600,000. Yeah. I think I even have less now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> okay. But then I got flowers for my birthday that I knew were from him. Mm-hmm. And the way that I found out who it was, his address, his phone number, everything, is I called the flower shop and I said, listen, this is the situation. If you could do me solid and give me any information you have on him, that mm-hmm. would be great. And they gave me his full name, email, address. Yeah. So that Whoa. was a, that was a crucial in, step in all of this to Huge. figuring out what's going. I know. Yeah. It's like well. a movie. It's serious as movie. That is. So then he said something about on December 10th, I'm going to come because I talked about on my platform about I'm very transparent about a lot of things I've gone through and I talked mm-hmm. about my hormonal imbalances and medical things I've dealt with. Yeah. And he said, I have this doctor. It's a friend. I'm going to pick you up at December 10th at this time. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I avoid my apartment all day. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, OK, at what point? He said one. If I'm there at 115, is he going to be gone? So I yeah. get there a couple hours after he said he was going to be there. And then he sends me an email right after. As I assumed, uh, you weren't there. So I left at 116 p.m. Then, also, at what point, how are we months into this experience this at this is, point? This I or think, like, after. So November, it was my birthday. That's when he shipped the books, books. and the okay. flowers. And then this is, I think, a month after. Okay. So this is happening all in like a short period yeah, of time. Yeah, but it okay. just escalates very quickly. Yeah, that's scary. And all of my friends had started saying, listen, it's not. I know that it's hard to let go of this, but it's really not safe for you to be staying there. Mm-hmm. So I would stay with a friend and then lie and say, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to go home. To just go, like, pick up clothes or go spend the night yeah. there. So I'm kind of in this mindset of, screw this guy for really altering my life. Yes. Like, and this also, this whole experience went to show that if your basic necessities, like your safety, 
I guess that's the one I'm referring yeah, to, like but that's something huge, that's, like that is taken away from you that we yeah. take for granted, it can straight up ruin your life. Mm-hmm. I couldn't live in my own apartment. And as I'll say later, I ended up moving to New York to try to get rid of this. Yeah. So then I'm staying with friends. It's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And this is during COVID. So I didn't, wasn't going home. Yeah. But I had to go home to, I, I was staying with my friend at the time. And I said, listen, I'm going to go home and like grab a change of clothes and coffee. Mm-hmm. Within five minutes at 8 a.m., there's knocking at the door. So I don't answer. An hour later, I open it. There's you, no one there. Are you like terrified when you hear that? No, because I'm still thinking like, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I go ask my neighbors, hey, did you guys by chance knock on my door? No, there's no package. Huh, weird. Go home, Go back to my friends the next day. At this point, I tell her, listen, there's a chance. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy that I may need you. And she lived five minutes away from me. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You, I may need you to come help. Within five minutes, I knock at the door. Again, eight, 8.05. I call her. Yep. Red alert. Like, come, please, fast. I hear her talking to him outside of the door. Stop stalking Maddie. Leave her alone. He goes, I know her. I love her. I love her. So I'm hiding behind my kitchen counter with a knife. Yeah. Freaking out. Like, what do I do? He eventually leaves. She gets a photo of him in front of his car. And guys, this guy's 56 years old. Found me on Instagram. I later find out. Found me on Instagram. I guess he commented on one of my pictures. And at the time, mm-hmm. I would respond to random people, not just my friends, mm. just to be nice and, yeah. and like a real Thank person, you. Yeah. you know? And he took that as an opening and thought, she's interested. I mean, he's mentally ill. Yeah. So then I open the door eventually. We call the police. They show up. Oh, did you what direction you want to go? No, it was, it was no, an I was hour hiding ago. I'm with hiding. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, through all of this, even though law enforcement was involved, they did absolutely nothing and didn't, frankly, care at all, which, again, makes you feel helpless. I mean, I mean, I'd be in broad daylight with my friends at the beach, and I'm like, head on a swivel. Like, Guys, this guy behind us in that chair, like, it looks like, and like, yeah, it kind of does. And, like, I'm walking to my car alone, freaking out. Of course. So I was, I couldn't live in my own apartment. I started staying with my friend. He then, apparently, we looked on white pages, one of the advanced white pages, found out he got an apartment. 500 feet away from my friend's place. So I couldn't go anywhere without. I mean, I went to work one time. Yeah, I went to work one time in downtown, which if you guys don't know L.A. well, is about 45 minutes from from where I was living. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I went to my friend's place in Silver Lake. So another 30 minutes from there. North. Yeah. For a girl's wine night, I come out to my car at 9 p.m. All of the cars on this street. It's a busy street. There's 30 cars parked. Mm -hmm. All of them are untouched. My back window of my brand new car was completely smashed out. Nothing touched, which I can't prove it was him. But then it was too ironic. Then he later creates an Instagram account impersonating me, apologizing to him as me for denying him. Okay, but then this is the main thing is it ended up being. So I eventually moved to New York. I'm like, Mm -hmm. listen, A, I'm from the East Coast originally. I always want to live in New York. There's nowhere I can go in L.A. that I'm going to feel safe, unfortunately. But also this is kind of been picking as a sign to do it now. Mm-hmm. COVID's dying down. I'm not going to feel safe anywhere here. I'm going to do it. So I go to New York. And then I was in denial, I thought. And for a good six months to a year, he stopped contacting me. I thought, it's going to stop. Yeah. Also, prior to this, there had been a bunch of emails as well, but not really that. It was just really weird. Like, like what was in these emails? he made okay. for me, weird cutouts of things, snippets, like mm-hmm. voice recordings. But it, it was kind of weird, but not creepy. Okay. So and, was it It wasn't like sexual in nature? Yeah. Yeah. So then when okay. I moved to New York and after the year and I thought it was done, I start, the email start up again. And at that point, 
two a day sometimes, and then sometimes we would stop for a week, and then every day. Do you know what triggered him restarting? No idea. But I thought that he would move on to someone else, just thinking, like, she's not here anymore. Let me just go to another victim, because I feel like people that do that. Oh, and then also prior to moving to New York, I tried getting a restraining order. I went to the courthouse by myself, got the packet, filled it out to the best of my ability, brought it back. They told me to make certain edits. Mm -hmm. And then it got denied, Mm -hmm. despite my best efforts of filling it out. And it was really sad because it made me realize that you're pretty helpless. Like, I don't know how to navigate that. I have no precedent or mentor to talk to. Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of this ever happening to anyone before. So I I just felt helpless. Like, okay, I guess I'm going to let it go. All too often this happens. I mean, getting right. a restraining order is kind of hard. And even then, when you do that, it's like there's... It's a piece of paper at the end of the day. It yeah. doesn't even do anything. Yeah. I mean, even now, I feel safe. But yeah. So then that's when I moved. I kind of gave it up. And I thought that I don't need it. I'm not going to also, if you're in New York, I don't know if it necessarily works there. You mm-hmm. have to get another one, which is also crazy. Yeah. So then the emails start up again. And at that point, they are very sexually explicit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much... Like What aggressive. is it called? Like written porn. Fan fiction yes. stuff. Yes. Very, very graphic. I mean, I pull your underwear to the side. I do this. We're in my pickup oh truck. Like, God. very, very graphic. And then mm-hmm. my later try when I'm reading it to the judge, he goes, stop, stop, stop. Like, yeah. He couldn't even listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And I would wake up. Uh, it was normalized for me that I would wake up every morning, refresh my email, and I would have three of these. And I didn't block him because I would. he would tell me when he planned on doing something or he even said, I'm going to come to New York. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in the dark. Mm-hmm. Plus, he would keep using different emails, and I'd, I'd just forward them all to this one folder. I literally have a stalker folder yeah. on my email. Oh, my God. And then I would come to L.A., and there was twice in Jan- this past January mm-hmm. that I would walk to Pilates at 7 in the morning, and I'm so used to, especially in New York, just having my freedom, where, like, yeah. how dare someone make me feel like I can't be in broad daylight and, like, live my life normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would walk home from Pilates at 7 in the morning, and he's standing in front of my friend's apartment. Maddie, Maddie, I just want to talk to you. What do you do in that situation? Do you run I away? I froze. I, he was blocking the entry to my friend's apartment, but I just ran inside because mm-hmm. that's the thing is he was never violent or threatened violence, but it's you don't know what someone's capable of until they are. Yes. And the detective that was working on me on it for me mm-hmm. years ago had said, listen, I have proof that he is mentally ill. He doesn't have a criminal record, but he's mm-hmm. mentally ill. So it's great. Yeah. At what point is he going to flip? So that was the thing about being at the trial and doing things like this, Mm -hmm. which I just, you know, when I've weighed the pros and cons, it was just very clear to me that this is something I wanted to do. Yeah. But you don't know if someone's going to get violent. And I thought that my initial reaction when I saw, because the cops sent me a picture of him being served. Mm -hmm. And instead of instant relief, it was, wow, is he now? This is going to be a Because he had no idea. He opens his front door. And he thought he was getting away with this for years. Mm Mm-hmm. No repercussions at all. And he opens his door to you're being served by Madison Tevis. So is he then going to flip a switch and get you aggressive? Never know. You never know. And you don't know. I still to this day walk home around downtown Santa Monica to where I'm staying. And I'm yeah. thinking like, is he going to jump out? And, you know. Yeah. So it's a, it's absolutely insane. And this happened, what, three months ago now? And I'm mm-hmm. still processing it. But also she's she was staying in downtown Santa Monica, but not anymore because she lives in New York. <laughs> I well, don't want to no, say like I where you staying, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I I stay with my friend there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've switched it up the last couple times I've been here. I would say in West Hollywood and yeah. try to skirt around and um, make it like a little less. Yeah. Yeah. So this was from the point where you started to the point where you served him. How much time was that? Like three years, four about years? About four years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it took about a year to get into court for 
campus. Well, I'm really lucky. That's the other thing that's heartbreaking. And I want to try to find a way to help people avoid this mm-hmm. is when I was in court, we were, I was there for hours because I mean, he asked, can I go to the bathroom when our case was called and we were the last, it's luck. And mm-hmm. I have a friend that, and that's why I encourage all of you guys, not just with situations like that, to be transparent about what you're going through. And I think there's a stigma that we, I mean, it's, it's ending a little bit the whole mental health and not talking about what you're going through thing. Yeah, and people yeah. think it's a sh- it's something to be embarrassed about to have anxiety or be in therapy and things like that. But yeah. I think that by being vulnerable about what you're going through, you can make other people feel less alone, also mm-hmm. get help when you weren't necessarily expecting it. So yeah. I was talking off the cusp with my friend mm-hmm. about it. He's a lawyer. His brother's a lawyer. And he said, Maddie, I'll help you. Yeah. So out of the kindness of his heart for free, I mean, I would have been having to pay 15K in legal fees just having someone go find him Mm -hmm. because that's what you don't realize serving someone. The hardest part isn't actually serving them. It's finding their physical whereabouts because they try to avoid you finding them. Yeah. yeah. Because if you can't serve them in person, they don't know they're being served and it doesn't count for anything. Mm -hmm. So we they hired someone to go serve him for me. I mean, they did everything. He showed up on my behalf in court when I was appearing virtually and yeah. then again with me and he spent a whole day where he should have been working mm-hmm. helping just to help me and that would have been so expensive and I heard these other cases before mine it was heartbreaking because a lot of times these stalking cases especially it's people that don't come from you know a lucrative background mm-hmm. or have access yeah to, to people who to, can help yeah them. yeah and all these women said your honor you know I want this to end this guy, my ex-boyfriend or whoever it was, is threatening to kill myself and my family. And like, I can't even, I work a full-time job. I have kids. I don't have time to find him. I don't have the finances. Yeah. So it's insane that our legal system hasn't found an easier way for you to just, all you're asking for is minimal protection. All I wanted was to be able to sleep. I, that's what I said. I said, yeah. Your Honor, my voice is breaking. I say, I just want to be able to sleep at night. I want to be able to work and not have it inhibit that mm-hmm. i just want to live a normal life yeah i'm not, not too much to ask for much. yeah <laughs> and also it's the thing with like the data on how often this happens to women especially when it is a significant other or something like that coming back and these women who are pleading in court like hey this is i see this going down a certain road who are not granted this stuff or don't have access to money to even mm-hmm. get into court the data behind you know, who is hurting who. So these men are hurting women like this literally all the time. The fact that it's not easier based on just how often it happens is insane to me. I do think that the reason that it is hard to get is, like you said, a lot of times it is domestic. It's couples and they're trying. I even have friends that right now, like one of them is trying to have something over the other. So they're not they're not taking it seriously Mm -hmm. which is a shame because a lot of people are going through that yes but because it's a lot of times couples like a he said she said situation maybe Mm -hmm. that's why yeah and mine ended up being unanimous i mean there was no once the judge actually went through everything it was come on well those emails there's yeah it said it all i started reading them as the guy goes he's literally like please don't please please stop stop. i was like i hope he has a daughter I was terrible. Even the woman who's, I forgot what you call it, the reporter or whatever, she's looking at like, if you're her and typing, she looks at him and looks oh at me. Oh my I'm God. Like, and is he, is this man like, if you pass him on the street, he just looks like a normal guy? Well, that was the, my issue too. Even I was on a run yes, yesterday morning mm-hmm. running and I'm thinking, there was multiple people I passed. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, was that him? You know? Yeah. He's, it's very common. You just, Hat, sunglasses, average height. Yeah. 
middle-aged man, so it's very hard to, you know, decipher yeah. if it's him or not. Um, so how did you, like, kind of hold yourself together? How did you allow yourself to feel safe enough to fall asleep at night? Like, is there anything that you did? Or are you just, like, used to anxiety? So you're like, this feels like a similar thing I've had my whole life? Or were you just kind of, like, wishing for the best? Like, what do you... Well, in LA, in New York, I feel like because there's so many crazy people and there's so many people that actually I feel a lot safer there because you're just kind of a fish in the sea kind of thing. I also feel safer in New York. Yeah. I mean, I'll be walking home alone at three in the morning Mm -hmm. drunk and like, I'm going to take the subway. It's not safe. I shouldn't be doing that (laughs) because I keep hearing stuff happening in New York. But no, I feel a lot safer there. And then when I was here, I would typically be with friends but at one point it was I can't even walk to get a coffee yeah without someone escorting me which is Mm -hmm. crazy but I think just day-to-day coping wise I had so much other distractions that this kind of kind of like it is what it is Mm -hmm. and I don't know I think because I it didn't become really real until he started showing up and I again and I started seeing him in person it was just kind of not that I was in denial but it's kind of like it is what it is and I feel powerless and I'm just gonna keep forwarding these emails and like if yeah. he's not showing up or doing anything, it became real and really scary when he when he showed started up. showing up again. I mean, he did years ago and then it stopped. So I thought that it was over. Mm-hmm. How many times do you think he showed up to you total? Well, that's the other thing is I think about how many times he must have been because for him to even find where I lived. Yeah, he must have been around. I'm bad about posting in real time. He must have seen my car. Mm hmm. And me leaving Pilates or whatever it was because it's pretty easy, honestly, to figure out someone's normal routine. Yeah. And then it takes only one time for him to follow me home from wherever I was to figure out where I live. Yes. So I'm thinking how long he was watching me that I was unaware of. Because even said yeah. court, well, I don't think you were. I know you weren't brandishing a knife because I clearly saw through your window pane that you were relatively at ease. You have to go through. What? Not only my first gate, but then the gate to my patio. There's one window. It's a little small one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. There's one window, and you have to trespass through two gates. So he's just standing there watching me. That's my okay. Watching wa- the watching. And I can't watch you. It was triggering. But no, oh coping wise, it's just the typical like exercising. Yeah. You know, all the things I typically do when I have any type of anxiety in my life. Mm-hmm. I think just for this, it was the one thing I had to kind of let go and surrender to. I'm going to do everything in my power that I can. But at the end of the day, like. You can't ruin your life. No, I have yeah. to keep living and focus on the things I can control, you know, about mm-hmm. focus on work and kind of busy myself with enjoying New York and yeah. spending time with friends and things that make me happy. But I think Simply Safe, which is my newest investment that I'm making in my apartment, would have really come in handy here. Like, Oh, my mom goes, fuck up, Madison. Just get a, a ring for your door, whatever those cameras are. <laughs> my mom would have been like, get a fighter plane to drop a bomb on this man. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, like, can we get some I'll guns in here? Like, say, say, that, say when, we'll take care of it. Uh, they're like, okay, listen, yeah. everyone, this is not helping. <laughs> I yeah. need some support. So who did you lean on for support or did you lean on anybody for support? Like, was it your friends? That, you it know? was my friends that were the lawyers, my friend I was staying with in Santa mm-hmm. Monica. Also, my family. I feel like for a while, I felt as if I was crying wolf because I would talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to make it a bigger deal than I mean it is a big deal and I think I took it way too lightly for a long time whereas if I would have taken it super seriously in the beginning maybe it would have expedited it but I also don't want to I want to give myself grace that I did what I had to and I tried yeah it's one of those things though that you don't want we hear so often like especially when it comes to the man man, woman you know thing I was actually just talking to a guy about this at stagecoach and he was saying something of course like straight white guy he was like well everyone's living in this victim mindset and I was like 
okay, but if you've been victimized before, <laughs> it's not a victim mindset. No. You just are a victim. And he's like, you can't live like that because all this oh, stuff. I think I remember those. Which is kind of what you were saying just now a little bit, but you are a victim. And I think that we have those voices like that because we're told so much in our life if we if we speak don't up. Don't be or if, weak. Yeah. Don't be weak. Don't victimize yourself. But here's the thing. If you are being a victim of something, you're allowed to say, I'm being a victim of something because it's true. You're not yeah. just like, you're not pulling it out of nowhere. And they, people gaslight you into thinking you're being dramatic or you're being this or you're right. being that. Because I thought oh, everyone who's an influencer maybe has this. Well, yeah. that was another thing is I felt like, not that I deserved it, but he also would send me, oh, I didn't, it's the sexual stuff that mm-hmm. were, it was almost poetic, but then also a lot of twisted stuff that would get into my psyche because I did overshare yeah, over the past few things. years on social. So for example, I talk about how I don't have a relationship with my dad and mm-hmm. how I was essentially, my sister and I were abandoned. And he would allude to that and say, well, this is a result. You seek attention on Instagram because yeah. you're filling that void and all this stuff. I mean, pages upon pages. So I felt like this was an accumulation uh, kind of circling back to my experience with social media and mm-hmm. the modeling industry. Uh, yeah. This was kind of a result of that. Mm-hmm. So almost did I? It started to get to my, my head and my friends would be Maddie, stop reading no. these emails because no. I was like, did I deserve this? Is this normal? And that's not. it is what yeah. it is, you know? But I eventually, the turning point as far as my family offering me support, they did a little bit. My mom never <laughs> did anything. <laughs> oh, but she's also such a hard ass. But yeah, so I'm, I'm really close with my dad's side of the family. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until because I had mentioned it at family gatherings. You know, I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, OK, like, you know, we, it wouldn't be I wouldn't make it a big enough discussion. But then after I started getting emails and I still would tell them this last year, listen, it's getting worse. I can't go to L.A. I don't yeah. know what to do. I have a job and my agency is giving me a hard time about not showing up, but it's literally my safety and I can't go with, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night Mm -hmm. and I don't feel good getting on a plane going to that. Yeah. And then I sent them the emails and that's when they go, okay, this needs to end. What's the actual fuck? Now. Yeah. Not tomorrow. Now. So they kind of helped at least with communicating with my lawyer a little bit and things like that. But at the end of the day, it was kind of, I can take credit for nipping this in the butt yeah was help the most crucial aspect was my friend helping me that was a lawyer and mm-hmm. i also talked about it a lot to friends like i said and then i there's a woman that i was connected with that's incredible she's been stalked for 11 years and counting this guy's oh gone to jail God. she lives in la now yeah. she's an advocate for people that want to make appearances like this yeah or talk about their experiences she's helped over 100 women get restraining orders which is huge unreal because there's yeah. so many little details about the process mm-hmm. That I had obviously no idea. Mm-hmm. Even so you things, went through it. yeah. What keywords to say in court, mm-hmm. things to highlight in your statement when you turn it in. Yeah, yeah. You know, Details how to protect you yourself. Don't know. Things like that. That yeah. it's so sad that we even have to have to deal with. Think about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the piece about you saying, um, like, did you deserve it? Just reminds me of the whole like you were asking for it by the clothes that you're wearing kind of argument. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's. It's meant to it's meant to make us feel like we can't it's meant to make us feel helpless. It's meant to make us feel dramatic or, you know, whatever. So I just feel like I encourage everyone if you're dealing with anything like this to have the ability to know that no one deserves this. I don't care if you're walking down the street naked. No one deserves to be stalked and to feel unsafe no matter what. Right. I I don't give a fuck what this guy is saying. I feel like 
too often we're met with that when we talk about these kinds of things and feeling uncomfortable when I know the people who are saying that could never deal with the kind of pressure that you're put right. under or the feeling of, you know, being unsafe that you're put under when someone does this to you. Yeah, you can't share where you are at all. And it, it took away also some of my liberties with work, but it also made me just thankful mm-hmm. for the safety I've had for most of my life because yeah. there's people that live in areas where they go to sleep every night in fear. In fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that. That is yeah. so insane. So are you feeling better now? I'm feeling or? better. The other thing at the end of the day, it is just a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. He still technically can do what Whatever. he wants. Yeah. And then I'm hoping that then if I call the cops and they see this on my record, that mm-hmm. they'll show up quicker. Yeah. Thankfully, he hasn't done anything, anything. since I got it. Yeah. But, you know, he might hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you scared for this at all? Or are you a little bit? Like- yeah. I mean, he point blank didn't want me to talk about it. Yeah. But it's also there's I even if this I've always felt this way, even if it helps one person, mm-hmm. you know, have the strength to talk out about it or yeah. you know, come to you or I for help or mm-hmm. advice. That's worth it to me. Or to so, not feel dramatic. You're yeah. not dramatic. You're whatever you're feeling or if you're feeling unsafe, that is 100 percent valid. <laughs> totally. Or girls that were, you know, sexually assaulted mm-hmm. and things like that, that you hear about so many women coming out years later and yeah. not until other victims. That's a great example. Yeah. Have been open and talked about it. They yes. then come out and say, I went through the same thing. So mm-hmm. because you yeah. do gaslight yourself into that. Right. Also, if you don't, if you if it comes up to Wednesday of next week and you're like, Peyton, I don't want to put this out. Just <laughs> let me know. No, no, <laughs> let no, me know how fine. you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for sharing of that course. story. So when you went to court, though, you had to come back for this. The court. To L.A. Yeah. yeah. This was recently, though. This was, yeah, in March. And it's oh, May. my God. Yeah. And he has not contacted you since. No. Is he allowed to like. He's not allowed to email. He's not allowed to be within what? 100 yards of, I don't know, there's some yeah. distance. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So scary. Another thing I would say, too, to help, I feel, feel like you don't, you were saying this in New York, you don't post in real time as much I, anymore yeah, in L.A. I'm trying yeah. to be better about it. I still catch myself here and there. Yeah. But. It's hard not to because you just want to, like, put it up and, like, yeah, move on with your day. Yeah, it's our job, too. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so happy that you're feeling a bit safer now. I know it's just a piece of paper, but it is a step, obviously, in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. We also need to get you some pepper spray, a taser. I know. That'd be fun to do a girls' event. Yeah. Do. I should have a self-defense, like, expert on the podcast. Yeah. That would be really good. Mm -hmm. We'll follow up this episode with a self-defense expert. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's not, like, I know it's scary in some ways like you're saying but I think it'll really be helpful to yeah people. I think so I think that I've been dealing with it so long that it's mm-hmm. kind of I've it's processed like, it, it. yeah yeah I don't know I feel like it is what it is and my mess is my I think you had asked me earlier today about my like note to self kind of thing yeah which well, let's probably get into that gun I know no, no we're good, what we're exactly good. Does, does it just mean something that I tell myself that I want to impart on everyone else. Yeah, like something or like something usually if it's a note to yourself, like someone's going to be able to it'll resonate with somebody because we're all so freaking similar all the time. So I just have one every week that I'm like, I need to play more this week or like Mm -hmm. whatever. So what is your note you're thinking about? Mine that I've been thinking about a lot recently. I don't know if you do feel this way that I swear there's something in the air and I'm not even a retrograde girly, but Mm I'm not even kidding you. The last couple of days, I've had at least 10 people say to me, like some guy canceled on a date with me last night because he said, just to be completely honest with you, I've been having the worst time. I'm just going through it right now. Yeah. And I just cannot be my full self. 
Well, it's eclipse season. Apparently, there's been like eclipsing. No, I'm everywhere. telling you, yeah. every single person I know is going through something. Mm-hmm. And my, I said to him, I'm like, well, listen, my mindset is I would hope that by spending time with me, I get it if you need to turn inward and like spend time with yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. You don't know me that well. But that I would be able to help you. So my note to myself is just that your message, your message. I feel like by me talking about what I've gone through mm-hmm. or even just sharing with a friend that day, I don't, I'm just feeling this way. Mm-hmm. It's not a weakness to not have all your shit together all the time. Yeah. I think by being vulnerable and sharing what you're going through, you make other people feel less alone. Mm-hmm. And just realizing that we're all going through it. We don't have to put on this facade like we have it all figured out. Yeah. Because I compare myself day in and day out. I put so much pressure on myself, as I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Even I look at you and, oh, you have a great successful podcast and I compare myself and then I take a step back and everyone's timing is different. Yeah. Maybe I'm working on something else right now that you would want in your life to manifest, but it'll be your own perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And like at the end of the day, like, oh, I see a girl that has a fitness company. Do I even necessarily want that? Is that, you know what I mean? So I just feel like staying in your own lane and realizing that your timing's all going to work out Mm -hmm. um, and just being open and transparent about everything you're going through because everyone could use a little help. Everyone could use therapy. It's okay. Well, it's good. We're all going through it. Like, it's good, like, when you're talking to a friend, but also this reminds me of something we talked about on the Dear Media in Real Life event that we did about, like, social media and how things are, where things are headed social media-wise. And I feel like you see it at a micro level when you're one-to-one talking to someone and they're, they're like, everything's perfect and everything's great. And like, then you start feeling a little bit bad about yourself because you're like, oh my God, my life's not perfect or my life's not great. Yeah. On social media, the people that I resonate with and that I go and want to follow on a, like, on a macro level, mm-hmm. they are honest with their audience and they don't show up in this really, I don't know, like filtered kind of like perfect quote unquote way. And I, I enjoy following people like people like that. And my podcast has allowed me to do that. Yeah. The most. Outlet. And you I kind of just show up authentically. Yeah. And because I was I, I was thinking about trying to plan for this, but I yeah. was talking off the cusp. And I also think that by being transparent, you allow your audience or your, your, it could be your friends or whoever in your life mm-hmm. to grow with you. Because I feel like people and this is what I've been struggle, struggling with. And I actually mm-hmm. talked to another girl about it recently. And she mm-hmm. reached out to me when I shared about it. And she said, I'm struggling because I used to be like the wellness fitness girly, but I was struggling with perfectionism and orthorexia at the time. And now I eat what I want and Mm -hmm. that's not who I am anymore. And I've grown, but then now people think that's who I am. Yeah. And they're struggling with relinquishing who they thought I was. Well, that's So for me too, I've grown. I'm not the 22 year old model anymore that, you know, was obsessed with certain things. I'm I'm five years older and that's okay. Well, that's the scary thing about branding yourself as Mm -hmm. a human being because if you're a human you're not a brand right and in social media we often have to brand ourselves so that we're remembered for something so people remember our name and come follow us things like that you have a niche and for me it's always been hard to brand myself because I felt if I branded myself I couldn't show up authentically which killed me for so long and my following grew for like so slowly for so long Mm. and at the end of the day after all of these years being in it with having having a following socially it's probably lower than most people's it's now what's helping me Mm -hmm. in that way but like I also still see comments like on my YouTube are like we miss the old Peyton we miss like Peyton before she was in a relationship we miss Peyton you know doing this and I'm like I'm sorry like I'm glad you miss her because I that was me and that was whatever but that that will never be me again like I'm never going to be that me again Uh and I like when people can grow 
with, with you, people. but it's hard. I can understand it, but especially people are removed from you. They just see you almost as like a social persona. They don't know that you're like a real person. No, they don't the make that girls connection. came up to you at Stagecoach, I can tell they all love they you for really you. They were really nice. They were so really, cute. really nice. No, I think people are over it. I think the veil is being taken away and people don't, they want relatable and real. But then it's, there's this weird thing where I feel like people post to seem real mm-hmm. and put on a perception of this being I think being you can tell a when that's happening. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like I can kind of see through it, mm-hmm. but... It's really interesting because I think people are just after COVID, like craving authenticity and just not. But at the end of the day, too, I'm I know what goes into editing and how fake I think we all do. Social can be. And I still find myself comparing myself to girls that I know for a fact, like this is not how they look. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Or like their life is not perfect. They're actually going through this, but they're not sharing about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you. I also what I need to say my note to self, I forgot. I didn't even come with a note to self. I told Maddie, I was like, yeah, I usually say a note to self, so come with one. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Let me think about it's it for like a second. I have one. What do I need? My note to self is don't get a dog yet. <laughs> okay. Okay, relax. I actually am doing all my research, though. Oh, I'm like, I saw you posting about your... My dog nanny. Like, I, I have it's this It's having a baby. I mean... It really is having a baby. I had one in college. Also, you've moved how many times in the last year? Right. That might not happen. Well, now I'm like... Anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to. <laughs> now I'm nesting. Okay. What is my note to myself? I think my note to myself is going to be usually my notes more about play and like letting myself off the hook. But I think my note to self for this week is to get organized so that I can have so I don't have anxiety about things like anymore. Mental, mental capacity. Like like, like organizing space. my like day to day to make sure I'm getting done what I need to get done so that my free time is fully free time. Oh, you can be more present. Yeah. Not, like rather than. Well, that's our, I feel like what we do. It's yeah. you're never fully. No. I'm always there's always something going on or like I'm always in a rush so like I think if I plan a little bit better and get a little more organized which again this is like same I'm you know absolute worst the worst and I used to be so good at it and then I let myself off the hook like too much and now I'm like less organized I need to get more that's what I was getting I was at this event in New York recently and I was it's not tarot you roll dice yeah yeah die whatever and then mm-hmm. she tells you, she's like, well, it has to be not a yes or no question. I think I asked about relationships. Yeah. Like, am I ready? I'll, at first it was yes or no. And then mm-hmm. she eventually said, I asked pretty much, am I ready to be in a relationship yet? Like, mm-hmm. it's been six years. Yeah. Like, she goes, <laughs> no, keep focusing on yourself. <laughs> and then I, I posted about <laughs> this guy that I'd been kind of talking to. But I mean, there's multiple. There, yeah. like, it wasn't just about you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, he called me out for it. Yeah. And then I also said something about, wait, what were we just talking about? organizing more. Yes, and, like, I talked about work and if yeah. I'm ready to transition work-wise, just like you just have to be a lot more disciplined because I feel like being an influencer, I don't know, I just mm-hmm. feel like there's so many different moving parts to, like, all the time and my brain goes crazy and stability. I get nothing done. Yeah, you have to create stability. It's hard to do as, as a model. I usually am in control of my schedule, which is nice, but like... No, I'm, it's killing me right now. Yeah, I still like, don't know when I'm going home and my agency is, well, we thought you were here. You'd never even booked out and we have like someone asking yeah, you tomorrow and you're in LA. Like... It's hard. It can be hard. I had to start really controlling my my schedule and like really forcing stability in my life, which I'm like traveling less now because of it. Like I want to try. I want to go to New York like next month or whatever. Like I'm like planning out so far in advance. Yeah, which is not that far from most people. Yeah, I, I drive my mom crazy. She's like, I'm putting it out there. I know at this point how you operate, but. Mm-hmm. I will be on the East Coast in June if you want to come. Yeah, yeah. You're like, like on I'll your let radar. You know. Yeah, I'll let you like, know the I'll day know before. The day before. No, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally, exactly like Stagecoach. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. You can find me mainly on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. at Mad Tev, mm-hmm. like Maddie Tevis. Also TikTok, Maddie Tev, and 
I have a YouTube, but it's terrible. We're going to work on it. <laughs> so just go follow it as yeah. we're amping it up. Mainly Mad Tev on Instagram. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. That's so fun. Cheers. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to you all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.